Views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Valentine's Day was this week and is, of course, a day for love and appreciation. But it can also be a tough day for those that spend it alone. But asking why someone is still single and assuring them that they'll find their person soon, it may seem like a thoughtful way to check in on single friends. However, these simple phrases can constitute single shaming and they are likely to be more helpful more harmful than helpful. And joining me now to discuss the singleton stigma, as it's known, is sociologist Karen Sucro, who we know well on the show. Hi, Karen. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm fabulous, thank you. Right. So what is exactly single shaming and singleton stigma? So our society has a lot of ideas about how successful lives work. And one of the the markers of success in our society is being in a long-term monogamous relationship, marriage, kids and so on. And this is hugely problematic simply because it doesn't suit everybody and it is not everybody's best, happiest life. So singleton stigma or single shaming is the idea that society has all these messages that if you're not doing those things then you're not doing life right. And that really doesn't link in to how people are right now. So we have a lot, I mean, at my heart, I'm a social scientist. So what we're looking at here is a lot of stats which shows that that old message actually doesn't tally with people's lives at all anymore. Um, So what we have is the knowledge that men are happier and healthier in relationships and women are happier and healthier as singletons. Really? Yes. The happiest... This, this is the science. This is the science. The happiest, healthiest women of any cohort are long-term single women with no children. Happiest, healthiest. Okay. And is that because men are a bit of a drag on them? Well, again, in social science, you're, you're just looking at, at what the science tells us and then you're making kind of connections if you can. So what I would be looking at alongside that is the amount of care work that is required of women. So women do, as we know, women do the, the absolute bulk of care work. They do the cleaning, the childcare, the... In fact, in Ireland, women do four hours of unpaid care work a day more than men. So we have a situation where women are doing a huge amount of work that is not recognised and not valued. And for my money, this these stats show very clearly the impact this has on women's health and well-being. But, and I want to be, the psychotherapist in me needs to say this, the, the best study that has been done, it's a longitudinal study done by Harvard over the last 85 years, <clears throat> excuse me, and it has followed several generations of people and it, it's a happiness study. And what they have found is that the, the one thing, and it's not diet and it's not exercise, the one thing that predicts happiness and long life and health is relationships. So we have to look at not the type of relationship, which would be like a marriage or a long-term relationship. What the study shows us is that we are social beings. We crave connection. So the happiest people are those that have lots of friendships, lots of connections. So this societal view, for example, that women are happier as mothers because that's seen as the natural Mm -hmm. order. You're saying that the science doesn't bear that out. The science doesn't. Now... 
again, and people will be sitting at home saying, but I'm very happy. This isn't about individuals. This is the this is very, very large scale. What we have is the happiness studies that tells us this. We know, for example, that um, the amount of work that women have to do when they have children is absolutely enormous and also the bulk of it falls on them. So women at their core are human beings who get tired but there is a lot of messages that women shouldn't should never get tired. They should never feel frustrated. They should never feel worn down because this message in society says, well, you should be, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You should be fulfilled. As a psychotherapist, I've worked for with very many women with postnatal depression who've come in, in in rag order. And the one thing that helped them was to hear it's okay to be tired (laughs) you know you haven't slept in six months of course you're tired that's totally normal so the real problem here is not what people want to do it's the fact that society has all of these damaging messages about what they should do and should feel what about women who are in long-term relationships with women Mm. does that improve their happiness yes it does. So uh, what we see in, in same-sex couples is that there is a better equity and sharing of, of the burdens of care and work and household, just better sharing. Does that apply to men in relationships with men? Yes. It does. Interesting. But not to the same extent. So what we have is, um, of course, the thing is men, regardless of who they're in relationship with, have internalised messages about what is appropriate work for men. And so that is something that has to be worked on. But just to bring it back to... Cause I, well, no, just go back one second. Well, so you take you absolutely take your point that yep. the individual relationship or person is different to the science yes. and the longitudinal studies and all of that. But would the longitudinal study, in your professional view, be altered if men pulled their socks up over a sustained period of time in this area? I think that it is a bigger issue. I think that what what the science tells us is that we yearn for connection. We know this. And an awful lot of the work of psychotherapy is helping people connect. Um, society tells us that the one type of connection that is the most important is this monogamous marriage thing. But actually, the science tells us the type of relationship is far less important than the quality of the connection. So what we have is the healthiest, long, l- most long-living people are the ones that have multiple relationships of a positive nature. And the ones that have kind of the most difficulties are the ones that have maybe a fewer more negative or toxic relationships. So really what it is about is teaching all of us, but particularly men, about how to form relationships, how to keep relationships and how to build connections. Right, but it sounds like, you know, this could be very bad news for men in the sense that could their lives be seriously affected um, if more and more women decided, you know what, single works for me, I'm much happier this way, I'm going to live longer, man, you're not going to live longer, end of story. Well, I would always be saying that it's not women's uh, responsibility to to keep men well. Um, it is men's responsibility, and and we see lots of trends. Sixty percent of divorces are now You're being very instigated. hard on me today, Karen. Sixty percent <laughs> of divorces are instigated by women. Uh, the, the rate of marriage has gone down. The rate of of single lives have gone up. Um, you know, we're seeing a, tre- a trend. There's no question. And I big shout out to the women of South Korea who have downed tools en masse and they are now not getting married 
as a form of protest. They are staying single and the birth rate subsequently has dropped so low that South Korean government has declared a crisis. So this isn't about, you know, for me, this is about centering women. And, and when I work with women, what I say to them is, you know, make your life so fabulous and so wonderful and make prioritize yourself so that you would never accept disrespect from anybody. So, do, I mean, you know, do you take an attitude on Valentine's Day? Go away from me. I don't want to be hearing about Valentine's Day. Any student of mine who's listening today will be roaring laughing because uh, I'm not a fan of Valentine's Day simply because it has monetized something that's really, I am, surprisingly enough, a romantic. And I love love and I love connection and I love relationships and I work in that space. But I hate the idea of putting money on it. And I believe that the average spend on Wednesday was 300 euro and to me, that could be money far well better spent. All right. Well, listen, you always get me thinking every time you're in here. So thank you very much Thanks, for that. Joe. Really interesting to talk to you this morning. As always, sociologist here in Limerick, of course, Karen Sue. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.